Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And let me tell you something. I'm coming in hot and heavy here because I have one of our favorite guests in Duke Loves Wrestling history back on the show. It's been a while here. He has a lot to talk about, so let's just jump right into it. My man, Big Vito LaGrazzo. What's going on there, Vito? Hey, Duke. How are you doing? I want to like to say hello to all the Duke and Maniacs out there. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad that everybody enjoys when I get on the podcast. Duke, how have you been doing? You've been doing okay? How's the weather over by you? You know, I, I've been doing pretty well here, but I got to tell you, we, we have the third wettest, the third wettest July in the history of Massachusetts. And, you know, here in Boston in particular, it just keeps raining, man. It's, it's really crazy. And we're starting to have some flooding issues as a result of it. Well, I tell you, here in Florida, it's been raining every day, you know, a couple times a day, especially, uh, you know, uh, we'll get a rainstorm at night, then early in the morning, and then trying to, you know, it's just been a crazy month here in Florida. You know, it's rainy season, but um, as long as the grass is green, there's nothing else happening. you got to get a little wet a little bit. But, um, you know, Duke, sometimes a, a little rain makes you grow. I heard you started out the month at five, six, or five and a quarter now. Five, six, and four. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I can't even deny those reports there. I know you 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 have your sources. You know how the you know how these dirt sheet guys go, sources say. I guess your sources were right this time on that. You know, yeah, but Stephen I, actually, A. Smith. Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith, he's your source. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. You know, I, I do have a bone to pick with you though, Vito, because yeah. I've been looking at your uh your social media, you know, your Twitter, your Facebook, and you know, the, the the big veto brand for everybody out there. Definitely got to check this guy out. And I noticed that you were already bald. You were already, you know, doing your skincare routine. So you're already looking, looking sharp and what have you. But now you're kind of moving over to my territory. I mean, it was bad enough that you walked around in a shirt that I have. Okay, so that was strike one on you. Okay. Right. Then strike two was that you had the audacity to grow a beard for the first time in your life. Why are you trying to look like the Duke? You know, and this is goes for everybody out there. You know, when you see somebody educated, lives in the Boston area, one of the top analysts in our industry, you only can be proud to be an associate of yours and want to be on par with your look well you know the, the problem is Vito, that um you're a lot taller than i am uh i think my belly is a lot bigger than yours though so we do wear the same size but it looks a lot different on you than it does on me so <laughs> so what i'll do what i'll do is I'll, I'll i'll kneel down when i take pictures from now on and then i will uh Turn to the right or left to make it look like I have a stomach. This way, you know, we can match me. 
Thanks. They, no, you know, you and I are, are basically uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in Twins. I mean, that's what's going on here. You know what well, I mean? I, we, we might have I to do an wanna, update on that. We might have to, you know, and uh, you being Danny DeVito, I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of great. I mean, he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah, I you know, bet. He is really, seriously. He's, he's the same size. You know, you and Joe Pesci are the same height. So, I mean, come on. Listen, and you know what? I'm like Joe Pesci, man. I, I can I can get it done out there. All, all of you uh, humanoids, take take it easy, all right? Because I'll be Joe Pesci. That's right. That's right. Listen, Vito, it's it's something very special to watch the transformation of Big Vito Lagrazo, especially over the past you know five six years here, because you have turned back the clock from a physical standpoint. You're in the best shape of your life, which is incredible to say, because I doubt people would understand, believe by the fact that you are as old as you are, considering the fact that you look as, as great as you do. So so let's talk about that for a second here. Okay. What do you attribute to the, the incredible shape that you're in, despite the fact that you're how old at this point? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> no, I am... Uh... I'm 57 years old, and um, I don't look a day over 40, but it's my everyday preparation of life. And my thing is, I want to look and feel good every day. My, my diet is the healthiest it probably has been since I was like 3% body fat when I was wrestling for the WWE. Um, my skincare is ridiculous. My grooming is ridiculous. Uh, I use all the best products and want to know something, people, if you do it religiously every day, you know, and like for me, on an average, I have four face masks on a week. Um, I use all the best lotions, the best creams. I have all the cutting tools. I go to the barber shop to get my beard trim. Um, I have all the special tools to um, do my face. I, you know, I just take care of myself. I start, I stay out of the sun. I've been putting a hat on. If I'm playing ball, I have a scarf on. I always have some sunblock on. But the one thing people don't see is me flash my body on, uh, you know, out there on social media because I'm always under a jacket and they say, oh, you look skinny, I look small. I look in, I'm in shape. And there's no reason for me to showcase my body on you know, the social media thing, you know, because I guess like, you know, you're, you're humble, you're modest, and as long as my face looks good and I'm in a happy place and a lot of pictures you see I'm with my wife and we're doing fun things, I think that's the biggest thing you can attribute to my not having stress, looking young, feeling good, is that I'm enjoying my life. So if you enjoy life and you're happy, and make, make this point, people, no matter how rich you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how prestigious a life you have, everybody has some ghetto in their house. And that is the truth. I mean, I'm going to put it, you know, we're talking sophisticated, but then when you look at things, you know, is there anybody's house perfect? Duke, is your house perfect? Uh, hell no. It, it never, it never is and never will be. Okay. So making that point, Right. You look at things and you say, OK, I got to make the best life I can. So I like to go to the gym. My gym is my 
my the gym gym is my best friend gym lets me go in there and knock it out for two hours the softball field being an athlete a basketball court that's my second place of you know sobriety if you want to call it my home away from home because that was my first love and the thing i come home from playing ball i say it all the time if i could dedicate five six days a week to practice and playing ball because right now you're playing games and stuff i'm really good and at this age and the way i play i could be 10 times better and the guys said Vito, why do you always practice Vito? why are you always there taking ground balls why are you always catching fly balls because that's just me and they said well you don't need to get in i said guys i said this is not even this is not even a glimpse i mean you're seeing me now but like I could run, I could hit, I could feel, I could throw, you know, and like, um, it's just me being an athlete. You know, one day I'm going to slow down a little bit. And, but at this point in my life, I don't think I need to. And I, you know, might as well enjoy it while I can. Well, you know, Vito, I, I think that, um, you are a prime example of what the goal should be. I talk to a lot of athletes who are retired no longer uh, actively playing the sports that they normally played, whether it be NFL or NBA, you know, Major League Baseball players, pro wrestlers. You know, I talk to a lot of athletes on a regular basis, MMA fighters. And there are a lot of people out there from a physical and emotional level are just they're struggling. And that's human. You know what I mean? I, th- we all have our days. We all have our moments. But the goal is to find a way to live a happy and healthy life. And I can honestly say, I don't know anyone, anyone, especially in the sports world, who embodies that more than Big Vito LaGrazzo. I mean, you are absolutely a shining example of the goal. And I tip my hat to you, man, because I know that you put a lot of hard work into ensuring that you're you're physically and mentally and emotionally in a space that is worth waking up for every day. And I don't no, think I, we talk enough about that. And I, I, I really do tip my hat to you finding a way to make that work. No, I appreciate it. And thank you very much. I mean, you know, people ask me all the time for, for help, like, you know, health tips or what do you got to do? And sometimes when you tell them what to do, they say, man, I say, that, that's a journey. But I tell them, I say, remember where you started. You never want to feel like that again. And once you get going, I says, you're not going to want that cheat day. You're not going to want this. You're not going to Guys, do you know I haven't had a slice of pizza in nine months? I haven't had bread probably longer. Um, I haven't had no greasy or fat or fried foods. I don't eat anything that's not healthy and fresh. I'm more of a protein guy. Like today, I baked I baked hamburger. I made a salad. I had a side, a little bit of guacamole. So that was my that was my dinner and lunch today. So you talk about, you know, the healthiness of that baking, all the grease comes out, the way you cook it, the way you handle it, the way you prep it. You know, when we make chicken, you know, it's either I will put it on the barbecue or I would bake it. You know what I mean? And like nothing is ever greasy or fried. I get yelled at for not having a French fry. I said, are you kidding me? God forbid I get a pimple on my face. I'll, I'll freak out. I'll run to the bathroom. 
You know what I mean? I'll have to get some oxy pads. But um, do I deprive myself? Probably. But do I feel good and look good and do what I want to do at this point in my life? Absolutely. And everybody should take some pride in the way they look, no matter what. And even if your partner yells at you or gets on you, say, hey, listen, I want to live a healthy life. I want to be the way I am. And when your partner joins you in that healthy meal, makes you happy. You know what I mean, dude? Well, I sure do. I sure do. And and, and when we talk about healthy, we're, we cover the whole gamut there. So again, not just from a physical standpoint, but emotionally, mentally, you know, we, we want to, we have to, that's the goal, find ways to achieve happiness and peace in life. I mean, that's my favorite thing that I always say. People ask me, what do you want? I just want peace. And and what I mean by that is I want to be able to get up without having to worry. And I want to be able to put my head on the pillow at night without having to worry. And the only way you get there is to spend your days working on that. You know what I mean? That it takes a lot of work to be able to wake up feeling all right and go to bed feeling all right from an emotional standpoint. So again, I, I tip my hat to you, Vito. You look like you're at least 20 years younger than you actually are, which is just incredible. And I think a lot of the younger wrestlers and, and, and the wrestlers of this generation right now, they could, they could learn a lot from you in that regard because you figured it out, man, and, and you've been very determined and focused on keeping it this way. Um, I liken it to, to Ray Allen. NBA champion Ray Allen, he yes. was a guy that was very dedicated to keeping his mind, body, and soul in shape. And he's still that way. I, I, I'm not just speaking in past tense because he's retired, but he still continues this lifestyle. One of the things about Ray Allen, uh, every year that he played basketball, he wanted to show up at training camp weighing less than he did the year before. That's and that's a good goal because, you know, as you get older, it's so easy to retain water and to to not only gain weight, but keep weight. It's just a natural cycle of life. Your metabolism slows down, what have you. Ray Allen had the philosophy that if you can show up even a pound less than you were last year, then that means that you're working hard and you're keeping yourself in top shape. And it, it's, it was incredible because you saw all the way to the end, Ray Allen was still knocking down those big three-pointers and key points. He was still playing great defense. He was still winning championships all the way to the end. That does right. not happen without the dedication. You know what no, I mean? So, right. so I got to tell like you one secret. I got to tell you one secret, and I say this all the time, right? You need – there's 24 hours in a day, right? And out of those 24 hours, you probably needed 14, you got to put in on a full day, wife, kids, home, car, work. But everybody needs two hours a day for themselves. I take those two hours and I go to the gym. If I have extra time, I'll play ball in the morning and then I'll go to the gym. And that's where I get my mind collected because I already know what I got to face every day. And I think people don't put it in perspective. You already know what your day's going to be like. So why look at it and grimace and be difficult? Why don't you prepare yourself to have that calmness to handle what comes? My calmness comes from going in the gym, decompression, 
by myself. I don't talk to nobody. I'm on the bike for 50 minutes. I'm doing a ridiculous workout. When I'm finished, I'm dripping sweat, come home, have a shake, you know, ready to do the second part of my day. People don't realize that you need those two hours just to get your mind ready to handle the other 22 hours in the day. And how many people get a full eight hours sleep? I don't. How many people get um, the proper rest? No, probably not enough people. How many people feel good every day? How many people are fully, you know, uh, healthy? There's nobody who's full. Everybody's got something. But you have to take that time to concentrate on yourself. This goes for the ladies, too. I mean, we talk, I know Duke makes fun of me. We tease, go back and forth. People, do you realize I go get my, I get a mani-pedi every two weeks. I make sure my feet and my nails are done. My beard is done every single week. I keep myself. My face is done. My body is clean. I wash my body a certain way. I make sure I don't have any impurities on it. I, you know, sometimes if I could squeeze two and three showers in a day, I don't mind taking a shower. I like being clean. Do people realize that when you shave your beard, it grows back quick? I make sure it's properly groomed before I go out. And this is what you do. You know, you have your lotion on, you look good, you feel good, clean clothes. My preparation to go out for the day, I spray my clothes with body uh, body spray. I put my cologne on. I smell like a million bucks. And if you look like a million bucks and you smell like a million bucks, your day is going to be worth a million bucks. You know, I'm glad you said that, Vito, because one thing that I've been doing for a while and it's funny when i tell people about it and they start to think about the psychology behind it when you walk into a room or you walk into your you get into your car um and it smells nice it smells fresh and fragrant and pleasant not overbearing but it smells nice it instantly does something to your mood when you walk into that same space Again, a room, your car, you know, your home, whatever. And it doesn't smell nice. It smells bad. It instantly does something to your mood. So the idea behind doing the little things like that, and that's a very small thing. Just make sure that the place smells good. Um, doing the little things like making sure you feel fresh and clean and smell good. You know what I mean? Even if you don't have to leave the house, you still get up and you 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 pamper yourself up to a degree where you feel fresh. That right. little thing goes a long way from an emotional and psychological standpoint, and it sets you up for success for the rest of the day. Right? Yeah, you know, it, it's positively true. Yeah, I iron. I iron. Even if I'm sitting in the house and I'm just wearing a t-shirt for the day, I still iron the t-shirt. And I can't tell you how many people are like, what are you doing? Why are you ironing? You're not even leaving the house. But it's like, no, you don't understand. It makes me feel clean. It makes right. me feel sharp. It makes me feel like even if I'm just sitting here for the day and it's only you and I looking at me, at least I feel like I look all right. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a strange thing, but it matters to me. No, I, I, feel I, like I totally I'm get it. I'm the, same, I'm the same way. My clothes, yeah, I send all my shirts out to be dry clean. I, my pants need to be ironed. Iron. I'm a stickler for clean shoes, right? And my jewelry's got to be clean and shiny. You know, um, people say, oh, you got a shiny head, but I, but I take pride in making it clean. I know how to make it shine. I know that when you have that appeal, 
and people look at you while your clothes and your jewelry, your nails, your faces, your this, your that. Wow, you, you look good, you know. And you, there's nothing wrong with ironing your clothes. There's nothing feminine for for a man to do a manic petty. There's nothing feminine about a man taking care of himself. I mean, you have to learn how to cook. You got to do your laundry. You got to do all that stuff if you're by yourself. So take pride in it, fellas. Well, and that's the thing. Again, and it all comes back to set yourself up for success because it's very easy to focus on the negative. You know, things that aren't going right in your life, something that you made a mistake on, something that you wish you would have done differently. You know, people go down a path, man, They and it's a never-ending journey. And that's where the depression and everything kicks in because there's there's a lot of regrets and things like that. It's a human emotion. We get it. So what can you do on the other end to build yourself up so much that when that negativity starts coming after you during the day, you got so much positivity in the bank that it can't overcome it can't overtake it. you got too much build up built up so you're just going to stay even you're going to stay all right for the whole day there that's the goal you know what i mean that's that's the goal and and again that's something that i see that you uh are very successful at and i tip my hat to you because it, it's man i just i wish i wish more of your peers young and old understood the things that you do because half of them would probably be in a better mental and emotional state if they adapted some of these these concepts, you know. So I that think is what it is. There. Right. Thank you very much for the compliment. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, I know Duke, you have a lot of other great topics to talk about today. So what else would you like to talk about? Well, you know, there's there's something that and, and it's related. It's related because it, it's it's about people when you feel good then you tend to do good things. You know what I mean? You tend to, you tend to spread good around when you, when you're miserable, you tend to spread misery around too. So it's, it's yeah. imperative to, again, set yourself up for success. Something happened uh, recently and I wanted to get your take on it. Cause I know that you know, the guy, uh, WWE hall of famer and, and, and the voice of all elite wrestling, Jim Ross, Jim Ross was, doing what he does you know commentating on aew dynamite and he made a mistake he called the show wwe dynamite excuse me wwe dynamite and you know look he's a professional he's been around for a long long time he's been in the business over 40 years he made a mistake and people were busting his chops online about it etc and that's fine I mean, hey, if you if you make a mistake at work, yes, you should be held accountable for it because that's a major mistake to call the company the wrong company. You don't want to do that. But some people took it to another level. JR talked about the fact that some people sent in death threats to him. Some people are demanding that he lose his job for making the mistake. Just a lot of, in my opinion, they, they, they kind of crossed the line of, hey, do better next time, which is holding somebody accountable to their job, which I, I'm 100% okay with. They cross the line into just being mean and just being ridiculous and, and flat out being sick and, and, and demanding the man be fired and, and threatening his life because he made a mistake. So I wanted to get your take on this, Vito, because you've been in the industry for, for over 30 years and, and you've seen it all. 
Um, just what's your take on that in the way that people have treated Jr. on this issue? Well, I've seen a lot of things in the wrestling business. And um, my take and view on this is, guys, JR has had a very great career as an announcer. Now, I am not, I don't phone call friends with him, and I'm an acquaintance. I'm not looking to blow smoke in his ass, but I'm, I always speak the truth because Vito LaGrasse is on point and he's a straight shooter, okay? He's been in this business for a very long time. He's done some great commentary. Does everybody make a mistake? Yes. When people cross the line, they want you to lose your job over a mistake. Now, if the shoe is on the other foot and you're working at um, Saks Fifth Avenue and you mistakenly call the bag a Louis Vuitton bag in Saks Fifth Avenue, should you lose your job? No, you made a mistake. So being a JR was had the privilege to work for all of the best companies in the wrestling industry and he minced words. That's a lot of, you know, that's, that's a, a big sentence right there. Minced words. And you people want to have his head. What people don't realize is that JR is 70 years old. 70, okay? As great as he is, Okay, maybe, maybe uh, he made a slip. I'm sure Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan and um, a lot of great other announcers made a slip. You know what I mean? They covered it up as a ha-ha and everybody flapped it off, right? What people don't realize is, and they forget this, do you think JR's head is really totally in the wrestling game, people? Do you think JR is totally invested in this or... Would he rather have his wife and his longtime partner back? People forget that he lost his wife about a year ago in a tragic accident, I think maybe two years ago. Nobody recovers after that, after a 40 or 50 year relationship and it was a freak accident. Do you think living by yourself after having a partner all that time is easy? When you see your partner down, you gotta pick them up and carry them. Do you think that's easy for the person carrying the load? Of course not, right? So he bears a cross on his back for his wife. I'm sure if he could have her back for one day, he'd give up the announce game and, you know, AEW, WWE, all his credentials so he could see his wife one more time. Give people a break. They made a mistake. JR is not infallible. And everybody knows that, and you know, it's this is life, and this is the way it is. And I think too much social media and people have too much to say in the game. I think people overstep their bounds a little bit. Give people a break. Be kind to people. Do do passionate things. Hey, you know, give them a vote of confidence. Say, hey, Jr., hey, you made a mistake. I laughed my ass off. Yada yada yada, and be done with it. When you portray hate people. What, what, what does that stand for? What do you get out of it? You know, you want somebody's job. You want them beheaded. You want them killed. You want, you know, people that there's no room in life for that now. You know what I mean? Be positive in your life. Hey, JR, you messed up. Hey, JR, you know, is Tony Khan going to dock you $1,000 for that? 
make a joke about it. You know what I'm saying? Because in the end, JR still has a job. You're still going to watch him. You're still going to be a fan. But give the guy a break. JR, hey, listen, keep doing you. Keep doing you. Keep announcing. Do what your heart loves. But people don't realize that life after wrestling and wrestling is not everything in life. Your wife comes first. Your, your home life comes first. Maybe your head wasn't in the game that day. Maybe you were thinking about your honeymoon when you first got married. Maybe you were thinking about taking a walk with your wife. Maybe you were thinking of having, thought about having that best romantic dinner with your wife. Maybe you thought about having a child or, you know, your first grandchild or some other thing instead of just concentrating on AEW wrestling. Life after wrestling, wrestling is not everything, guys. Duke, I think I covered that subject. You sure did. You sure did. And I, I appreciate the sentiment there. Again, I, I'm all for holding people accountable for doing their job and doing their job correctly. I think that not a single one of us is above criticism. Right. But the criticism has to be about the work. And the criticism has to be... Um, I guess it has to equal the 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 infraction there. You know what I mean? If you knock over a, a, a cup of coffee, I can't cuss you out and talk about how, how terrible of a person you are because you knocked over a cup of coffee. I could just say, hey, be more careful. You know what I mean? So I think people jumping down JR's throat, it's just it's it's unfortunate. And at the end of the day, I think there are a lot of people out there in the world who are hurting. And as a result of that, they're finding ways to spread that misery. And part of it is that they're not setting themselves up for success to start the day by finding things to be positive about and to and to think in those terms. You know, so it's it's unfortunate. And, and to Jim Ross, listen, man, you are going to you're a Hall of Famer. So you've done some incredible things. You've made your mistakes as well. At the end of the day. I expect to see you on the TV every week for the foreseeable future. And I don't expect that to change anytime soon. Okay. And that's the Duke talk. And, you know, I'm a guy that will criticize some of the business decisions of AEW and the WWE and every other promotion every single day of the week. But it's about the business. It's never personally about the people. So. We'll just leave that where that is there. Uh, Vito, before I let you go, I did want to ask you one last thing because I, I posted something on Twitter and you responded to it. And I wanted to, you know, do what you invited me to ask you to do. People talk about folks not being um, TV ready. And I thought that's that's an interesting concept there because you have wrestlers who are making mistakes during matches that are natural. I've never seen a perfect match. Even my favorite matches in the world, there were mistakes. Ric Flair made mistakes. If you watch the Flair Steamboat classics, there were plenty of of, uh, miscues and things like that. But because those guys are professionals, they were able to make it work, right? So you're never going to watch a match and not see a mistake. But unfortunately, you have people who are making the kind of mistakes that could end up hurting others. And, and a lot of times it does. I'm not asking you to comment on anyone in particular. I'm just asking you, based on your experience, Vito, how do you define TV ready? 
The thing we lack today are territories. And what are the territories? These are places where people work. Five days a week, just like back in the day when territories were open, and they work on their craft. You just don't walk into a studio and you're a pro wrestler and you're a rock star. It comes with practice. When I came up through the ranks, my first year, people forgot, you know, I wrestled for the WWF. The veterans there, like the Bret Hart's, the Bulldogs, the Boss Man's, the Undertaker's, they seen a kid come in hungry, was trained properly by Johnny Rods, had the respect in the dressing room, a honky-tonk man that, I mean, was a big advocate for me. And these guys took the time to teach me the little things on TV and teach me what to do and how to do it and where to look and where to be. You go to other places like Puerto Rico, where it's a territory and there's camera angles. And those guys who were there, like the Carlos Colones, the Invaders, the Ricky Santanas, who helped promote the TV. Hey, Vito, why don't we do it this way? Why don't we look this way? Why don't you do this? That's where you put together your craft. When you go to the USWA, you know, and everybody had to go through Memphis to make it to the WWE. Probably the best school of learning, okay? Because there you had all the Southern greats. That's where all the great wrestlers came from. Wrestling 101 psychology, which maybe is not practiced today as much because we don't have the facilities and the territories for people to practice their craft. Who is teaching the, the people how to do TVs? If it's the people who haven't worked in the territories or the people who haven't worked TVs for years, that's where the inexperience part comes in, right? And I'm sure that there are a lot of veteran wrestlers who'd love to give their perception and give their insight on how to do TV, but there just isn't a lot of opportunity to do it. You can't learn everything in a wrestling school. And you can't learn from somebody who's on the same level from you. You have to learn from somebody who's been there, done that, who can teach you those little things that can make you go from round zero to 80, round zero to 85, you know? And, you know, I when I said you have to go through Memphis, do you know how many different gimmicks and people came through Memphis to be superstars in the WWE and WCW. People, do you realize that um, they don't call Jerry the King Lawler the King for nothing. He beat everybody who came through Memphis. And all the people, I want everybody to go look up the history of, of Memphis wrestling, where it came from, how it started, who came through there. When you look at the WWC in Puerto Rico, who came through that? Carlos Colon, probably one of the greatest, you know, uh, Puerto Rican wrestlers of all time. A guy named Jack Veneno in Santa Domingo, right? You talk about places where we never watched this, this kind of wrestling because it's not here in the States. How did I and everybody else grow up? WOR TV, Channel 9, 12 o'clock midnight, Friday nights. That's where you watch wrestling. If you were here on the East Coast, if you were down South, you had Florida Championship Wrestling, you had uh, 
Mid-South, you had USWA, you had Smoky Mountain, you had all these great things. You know, you want to know what's funny, dude? Because everybody buries Jim Cornette, right? And everybody, you know, they, they, they get on him because he's very straightforward about the business. But what he speaks about the business and how it was perceived, that is how you learn how to do the business. That is how you learn your craft. It's not the Jim Cornette of today because Paul E. Dangerously came up the same way. Jim Cornette came up the same way. Skull Von Crush came up the same way. Just like Red Heart, Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Mr. Perfect. You know, we talk about Mr. Perfect. Where did he learn from? His father, right? And where did they learn from? Some of the greatest wrestling that there ever was. And that's not including the Sportatorium where... That's another million miles away, but you have a family called the Von Erichs who ran that. That's where the Harlem Heat learned their craft. That's where um, Bradshaw came from. A lot of other great wrestlers came through there. So, guys, there's a lot of wrestling history. There's a lot of great places that you learn your craft. You know, and like sometimes I tell people, hey, man, you're putting your YouTube stuff up and you're putting your matches up, don't you think maybe you're exposing yourself? And this is just on a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah, but I got to get my stuff out there. I got to let people know. And I tell them, I said, listen, I said, maybe you don't want to show your matches. They go, why? I said, maybe there's some mistakes in your matches that you can't see, that I see, or other veterans can see, that expose you as being inexperienced, point in blank, you're sitting, you have a job at the office. You happen to be sitting in a creative meeting. Here comes said tape on the desk. They pop it in. Sure enough, somebody says, oh, I've seen that guy. He is the shits. They take it out. They toss it in the trash. Your tryout's done. Whatever thoughts they had of you, once they've seen that, you're exposed. Guys and girls out there, take the time to gain the knowledge of how it's done. It'll pay off dividends in the long run and it will make you more valuable and a little bit more educated than some of your peers. I think I covered that one, dude. Solid, 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 solid. As always, Big Vito Lagrazo dropping those gems on our head, educating us here. Vito, let everybody know what's the best way that they can keep up with you because I know that you got your podcast going on, you're very active on social media, you and your lovely wife, Noelle. What's the best way that people can keep up with you? Um, I guess the best way that people can keep up with me is talk to my wife. They like they all like her better than me. So hit up Magic T Spiller on Twitter. Shoot her a message. She's the one who runs the Big Vito brand. Um, I'm just a talent and handsome one. She handles all the credentials and all the other stuff. And I'm even lucky that Duke talks to me like you know once a week because he's on he's on there late night with her, especially with Ben Hameen and all the rest of the gang. You know, catch us on Patreon at the Big Vito brand. Guys, we appreciate everybody, you know, checking in. Catch us on Twitter. Catch us on Facebook. Catch us everywhere. You know, Duke will put out the credentials. But I just want to say I thank Duke for, for his friendship and letting me be on his podcast. to share the knowledge and drop some tunes on you. Um, you know, check out Duke as well because he has a lot of great shows. He's got a lot of good input. And remember, guys, sometimes... You know, when you speak the truth, it's good, it's bad, but it's the truth. You know, and uh, if you take hindsight and you balance it, 
you come out with a positive outlook. What's going on, guys? It's the King Cobra Exotic here from AWP, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. You know, I've, I've had a lot of uh, different wrestlers on the show from, geez, so many different generations, going all the way back to the 60s. I can honestly say I've never had a King Cobra on Duke Loves Wrestling before. So this is a first. This is a first. The King Cobra Exotic. How are you, brother? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. You know, just a few hours away from the first ever taping for Ascension. So I'm excited, man. What can I say? I'm blessed. Talk to me about something here because I've always wondered about this. I'm I'm not much of a reptile guy. Um, I'm terrified of all of you. So when it comes to a King Cobra, do you you have venom or is this more about muscle and and squeezing uh, opponents to death? Like what's, what's going on here? Well, the way I like to look at it is all it takes for me is one strike to put someone away. So I'd have to say the venom. The strike is what gets you. So so when we talk about the strike, all right, we got to talk about this now. What is what is your your main strike, your main finishing hold? What is it that you do to your opponent that pretty much puts the match away? They're not getting up. You're getting the one, two, three or the submission. So my finish i actually go with a running knee so it's basically the same one that you would see daniel bryan do but the only difference is i call mine the dvs which stands for the deadly venomous strike okay so what now that's similar to a shining wizard which is what uh the great muta or kaiji muto does so that's pretty interesting so you you do your own version of that which is the venomous strike oh man so you just basically knock people out. That's <laughs> that's what's going on with the with the King Cobra exotic over here. Okay. Yes, sir. And that's why that, that's why I love the whole King Cobra thing because you know when you think about it, if I'm not mistaken, you know one strike from a King Cobra can kill up to like 15 elephants or something like that. You know, so it's just like one strike is really all it takes. <laughs> so that's why I love you know that's why I love my finish. That's why I love the running knee. AWP. I mean, literally, it's a young promotion that's been making some noise down there in the Texas territory. Talk to me about the promotion there. How are you affiliated and and why does it matter? So AWP actually started, I believe it was like April of 2020. Like that's when like the talks really began and that's when we started planning. But our first show, our first live show wasn't until November of that year. Um, obviously COVID was still a thing, but you know, I remember at that specific point in time, you know, they gave a little bit of leniency as far as outdoor events had gone. So we had a outdoor show called AWP homecoming and my affiliation, let me, before I get any further, uh, my affiliation with AWP is I am not only a talent for AWP as I'm a wrestler and I am also one of the co-owners. Uh, within AWP. So I'm one of the ones that helps make, you know, all the magic happen for AWP. Um, So we had our debut show, uh, had over 100 people there at our first ever show. Um, And it was a sellout, you know, it was a good turnout for that show. Homecoming was a really great show. From that point forward, we have had shows in Houston. We've had shows outside of that really only in, um, in Uvalde, and I think one even in Victoria as a joint show. But, uh, you know, right now we're on a roll. You know, we've sold out four shows, our last four shows. Um, 
and our fan base just keeps growing. I saw that we recently reached a thousand likes. So very exciting stuff going on at AWP right now. You know, I've always wondered about something because I'm a guy with a lot of management experience, different industry, you know, whether it's state municipal government, uh, retail, media, technology. I've, I've been in a management and leadership position more often than not throughout my career. And unfortunately, when there is an issue at work, I have to find ways to resolve these issues. You know what I mean? So they don't escalate to the point where they could become physical, right? So an employee yes, shows up for work consistently and, and, and you, you say, hey, listen, Joe, you know, you've been late three times this week, man. What's really going on here? We're going to have to take some corrective action. And Joe might say something smart to me. So whatever, you know, act like a jerk, basically. Um, but I have to find a way to resolve that issue without it escalating to physical. Now, you're one of the the uh, co-owners of AWP. Does that mean when the talent steps out of line and uh, is saying things to you that, you know, you just don't feel is, is respectful enough. Does that mean that you can just uh, take them into the ring and 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 just give them that that uh, deadly venom, give them that cobra strike, just knock their ass out real quick because they're stepping out of line <laughs> with the King Cobra Exotic? Come on, tell me the truth, man. How does it work when you actually run your own wrestling promotion? Yeah, so that's actually it's a lot of work, man. Uh, it definitely is no easy task, especially you know. Right now, us being on the indies, there's not too many of us that are lucky enough to be able to financially support ourselves as of right now, you know, just doing pro wrestling, you know, so trying to manage a promotion, trying to manage myself as an individual wrestler, and then also trying to, you know, manage work on top of that. It's, it's a lot. It really is a lot, you know, to say that I'm stressed a lot. That is a, that is a, that is an understatement, but you know, it's tough. Um, at the shows, for sure, I like to think that as of late, you know, I've started to get more in the role of just being only a wrestler. However, I still do have a lot, you know, to say, and I do have a lot of say when it comes to what's going down. But, you know, I as of the last few shows, we've kind of made it an initial, we've made it a really important. We've, we've really prioritized teaching all of the other co-owners because there's only one maybe two of our other co-owners out of five um, that really know wrestling outside of me, that really know enough to know, you know, like at least a little bit about lighting, a little bit about, you know, uh, match cards and et cetera. You know, I've made it a goal of mine to really teach them how to do some stuff so that way I can focus more on putting on a quality match for myself and for my brand uh, while allowing for them to, you know, still make sure that the show runs smoothly. Um, so at the shows, it's been kind of laid back a little bit more as of late. You know, I've still definitely been there to help set up, to tear down and to, you know, kind of be one of the locker room leaders. But um, outside of that, uh, you know, they, they've done a really good job of holding down, you know, making sure that everything's good with the fans, everything's good with the concession stands, the merchandise tables, stuff like that. Um, so that's really kind of how it goes down at the shows. Now, see, I can tell that you're a, you're an owner because you, you, you're giving me this political answer where you're trying to avoid admitting the fact that you slap your 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 uh, talents around when they step out of line, <laughs> that you make sure you book them against you. 
if they got a problem so you can just stretch them real quick and then if they try to sue they can't sue because it happened within the confines of the wrestling ring i get what you're doing here so don't (laughs) worry man your secret is safe with me but here's my question for you exotic because you know i'm a guy that when i hear interesting things i start getting into well how can i make this work for me right anyone who listens to duke loves wrestling podcast Everybody knows I'm always trying to settle beefs that I have because I got a lot of beefs with a lot of wrestlers out there. If I recruit wrestlers that I don't like and I connect them with you, will you book them against yourself and then beat the hell out of them for me? Because that could just solve a lot of problems for me, Exotic, (laughs) and we can do this on a legal front because I'm not a fighter, man. I'm just a podcaster, so it's not like I can beat them up. But I'm thinking that if you book them in matches against you and then you get them in the ring, that means you can do whatever you want to them and they can't sue me. And hopefully they don't. Well, I don't really care if they sue you, but they can't sue me because it's not (laughs) me doing it. It's you. So can we make a deal somehow about this here? Because I think this could work out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can arrange something. And that's something that even, you know, anyone that works in AWP show understands, you know, and I've told everyone this and this goes not only for, you know, for talent, but this also goes for our staff too. I mean, if they step into my kingdom, the ring is my kingdom. And that's something everyone understands. If they step foot into that kingdom and if they even make me feel as if they're trying to threaten me, it's just as simple as they're going to get a DBS, man. They're going night, night. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> you know, it's just going to happen. See, you're speaking my kind of language. Talk to me about women's wrestling. I mean, can, can we expect to see more women's wrestling in AWP? Because that's that seems to be the hot thing these days here. There is a rededication. There is more interest in women's wrestling today than ever before. How does AWP fit into that whole concept? Yeah, so with women's wrestling right now, we're actually currently working on, you know, building more connections and we do have a lot in store. We actually recently announced um, the addition of Christy Janes to the AWP roster, which is very exciting. The first of many moves we're making Um, and we do plan on working on uh, not only continuing to further uh, build our division, our women's division, um, but we will actually soon start getting a to work on the women's championship title so that way we can really really uh spice things up in the women's division i love it i love it i love it that that's what i'm talking about you know when it comes to diversity and inclusion these are sticking points and anybody that knows the duke they know that i'm gonna bring this up i'm gonna talk about it till i'm blue in the face i hold all these promotions accountable when it comes to are you featuring people of color And are you featuring them in an equitable manner, meaning that they're not just there to lose matches, but they're they're in the thick of things. They're competing on a high level for the top prizes in the in the promotion. So that's number one. And then number one, a are you featuring women? Are you finding ways to to promote women in a way that proves that they are the top athletes in the world as well, that they can they can kick butt? take names, get the crowd excited just as much as the men can. So I'm, I'm very excited to hear the fact that AWP is, is continuing to um, show interest and dedication to promoting women's wrestling because you already have the diversity piece down pat when it comes to promoting people of color. I mean, you guys do a very good job at that, and I tip my hat to you for it. Um, I wanted to ask you about a guy by the name of Pac Ortega. 
because here's a guy that recently got his head busted open. Okay. He recently was, was down there in SWE Fury and, you know, Blood Hunter took a chair to his head and split it wide open. It was gory. It was bloody. It was a mess. What do you do with a guy like that in, in an AWP who is coming off of a serious feud, a serious situation like that? Because I got to imagine if Pac Ortega were to step out of line with, with Exotic, you're probably going to bust that head open again, huh? <laughs> um you know whatever happens in that ring i'm not liable for as far as <laughs> as far as ta as far as you know being in a match with me but uh you know um he steps out of line you know in front of me i mean like i said before he's very liable and very eligible he's gonna get a dbs but um i did hear about the whole blood hunter switch situation yeah that's very unfortunate um definitely definitely uh not how things should have played out that night and uh you know although me and Pac kind of are forced to uh be business friendly at times um you know i do feel bad for him in that situation you know well and, and that's the reason why i brought him up because i know that you slapped him around a little bit um through the years there i know you guys have feuded now you guys have found a way to come together put your differences aside for a second in order to make some money so you've been you've been teaming up together recently but um i just want to put this out here and i'm not trying to cause any trouble but just be careful i don't know if you can really trust this guy okay so i'm oh, just yeah, gonna no. say that yeah i've been i don't know if he's told you before but you know he used to be one of my best friends when we first when I first uh, came down to Texas and I started wrestling with TWE, he was my first ever match. Me and him after that uh, had friendly competition here and there, but we would hit the road together. You know, we were we were really tight. We were really good. But then when we started WWP, just something switched. It was just like a light bulb went off and someone was in his ear and I never really knew what was going on. You know, he just really kind of just changed on me. He started working with. Uh, some masked man and Eric shadows. And, you know, they, they basically just made my, my life, Alex Arsenal's life. Um, and anyone that really sided with me or with, or just stood up for the better, you know, for the better good, anyone that stood up for the right things, they really just sink their teeth into everyone else and just started attacking people from behind and just trying to make our lives living hell. And, uh, I never really understood why. I never understood why. And as recently, June 13th at Titanbound, we ended that two-year-long rivalry that we had. Um, and it was a bittersweet ending, you know. Uh, in that match, you know, I did say goodbye to what was a best friend. But June 19th, we met again. But this time, you know, uh, SWE wanted us to work together. So... You know, we had to put our differences aside for one for one night. And who knows, you know, if they keep wanting us to work together, that's just a time where me and him both said straight up to each other. We might not like each other, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So, you know, here we'll put our differences aside. Cool. I still don't like you. I really don't trust you that much, but we but, you know, let's just let's just do what we got to do here and outside of here. You know, we go back to just hating the heck out of each other. You know, it's just as simple as that. I'm never going to trust that man again. I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit because, you know, this guy, there's just something about him. He's an opportunist. 
He's always looking for the next angle. And, you know, when you're talking about a, a guy like uh, my man Exotic, I don't know. I just make sure you don't turn your back on Pac Ortega because something happened to him, especially after that chair shot. And I think that he's kind of going down a path that is not what we're used to seeing from him. I'm very concerned. I feel like this guy, is, is, he just can't be trusted. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just a podcaster. Listen, uh, there are a lot of folks out there listening right now who no doubt in my mind are probably really interested to see where you go from here because you're still a, a pretty young guy. So you can only go up from here. You got your own promotion. You're beating people up. You're over an SWE Fury, which is already on TV. Like you just, the sky is the limit for you. Why don't you let everybody know the best way that they can keep up with you and keep up with your promotion, the whole nine yards there? Yeah. So uh, to keep up with me on Instagram, uh, all you got to do is follow Elijah underscore Galindo. And uh, on Twitter, it's uh, the King Cobra X, and uh, for Atlas Wrestling promotion for AWP, all you got to do on Instagram is follow Atlas Wrestling, and on Facebook, just look up Atlas Wrestling promotion. All right, before I let you go, I got to ask one last question here: What the yes, heck sir. does a King Cobra eat? When it comes to you know me being you know obviously dieting before shows or whatever the case may be. You know, first of all, a lot of water. <laughs> um, I found out the hard way during uh, the pandemic once I came back and had my first match that, you know, you do need a lot of water. <laughs> um, so I've been having a lot of water. I like the, you know, kind of the basics, you know, tuna, uh, rice and chicken, plain white rice, of course, for me personally, um, ground turkey. Uh, steak every now and then it's kind of it's kind of high in fat so i don't like to do too much of it but it is not the worst meal that you guys can have um and when it comes to my cheat meals man i'm not gonna lie i i really do like me some water burger <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna let you off that easy so if you're at water burger what, what are we what are we eating what's what's the go-to meal at water burger oh man um Anytime I eat Whataburger, I do make sure I'm fasted just because I know I'm about to have a lot of calories. So I usually get a number three, which is a triple meat Whataburger with two slices of cheese, no mustard, uh, no onion, and they usually sub it for mayo. So that's usually my go-to burger. And then it's usually a large meal because I'm just like, I haven't eaten at all today. So that's fine. And I've usually I've gone to the gym also. So. I'm pretty set. You heard it here first, folks. He is the King Cobra Exotic. He likes to knock people out. He likes to eat Whataburger when it's time for a cheat meal. But most importantly, he likes to entertain all of we fans out there. Got to check him out sometime. Listen, Exotic, we appreciate you being a guest on Duke Loves Wrestling. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Mr. Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. <laughs>